Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. I've got big knees and so many toes. Welcome back to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and this is part two of my chat with Newsy Baby. In a first for The Big Top, we're doing a two-parter, so make sure your clumsy fingers haven't smacked episode two before part one, otherwise you'll be lost, dazed, confused, traumatized for years, and filled with regret. In this episode, I keep grilling Newsy about the important hot-button topics like anal, scat, and things we didn't know about sex going into it, as well as why you should never play music in bed, and the filthy things we plan to do at Capcom this year. So without further ado, I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Oh my god, what uh, did I just forget about? Oh my god, I wanted to ask you, what was it about? Uh, okay, it'll come back to me. Maybe it was it about we can talk about my latest tweet if you want. What's your... How I don't think there's enough diaper fucking videos in the universe, and it has gotten an extreme response. <laughs> has it? Um, I mean, I don't think I mean, not as extreme as like other things on Twitter, but there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, there's not enough like just generic not... diaper fucking videos. And th- see, I what's funny is when I read it out loud, I was like hoping people weren't saying like, there's not enough diaper fucking videos, like <laughs> as an expletive, but no, like I generally mean like there's not enough like diaper banging videos. Yeah. No, I agree because I've never been able to find many. Also, I feel like if you look for it, you see so much stuff that is labeled with diaper or ABDL or whatever. And the thumbnail will be made to look like it involves that, and it doesn't. It's it's, know, it's, all, it's all a scam. It drives me crazy. What's the point? Just make the fucking porn. There's not enough... Di- there's not... Well, correction. There's a lot of gay... There's a lot of straight cis male, I'm assuming. So I'm just going to use generic terms. A lot of male, female... Yes. Uh, diaper fucking videos. But there's not a lot, a lot of, like, gay... Male, male. Yeah, yeah. Male, male. Okay, so this is part of, like, a massive rant that I have where... This is even more so the case with fucking clown porn. And it drives me fucking insane. Like, I have a vault of clown porn because Twitter and the internet are absolutely useless. And you probably own all the clown porn because I only know yours. I, yeah, I actually probably do. <laughs> you make up, <laughs> you make up 20% 90%. of all the clown porn on the internet. <laughs> yeah, but it's true for like diapers as well. Cause I mean, on the rare occasion I look up porn. I mean, that's what I try and go for because I'm like, this is the closest thing that I can think of that I would find hot. And fucking 
It's nowhere. No one's making it. I mean, people are making it, but like. And just to bring up, and it really fuels my, I'll call it my kink clock, so to speak, like what I'm feeling at a different hour. Uh-huh. Because there are times where like, like if I am wearing a diaper, I want to watch diaper disgusting videos. But if I can't find it, I'll find my other kink, which is gooning, right? Just like getting totally dumb jerking off. So usually if I find more of those videos on my Twitter timeline, the diaper kind of just comes off and then I just jerk off because mm. that's now the porn I'm watching, God, which makes me so angry because I'm like, I want to continue to be yeah. a disgusting <clears throat> diaper cuck just got squishing around. But I don't, there's not enough, <laughs> there's not enough videos out there that I like. And yes, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people on this Twitter post are like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Well, yes. you know what? I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> So if I want to make diaper fucking videos, I have to travel to L.A. And there's a lot of beautiful diaper boys in L.A. Wait, you're not in L.A. proper, but you're close enough, right? I'm like an hour away, Uh an hour and a half away. Ew. Well, where I'm from. Would you travel an hour and a half for dick? I I wouldn't travel. No. No. (laughs) I wouldn't travel that long for my closest friends. I wouldn't travel that far for my family. But I'm from a small country. Like, that is... Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so most people are like, oh, well, like, be the change you want to see in the world. And I'm like, well, if I want diaper fucking to make my own, I need to go to L.A. Find someone who finds me equally as attractive as I find them. And then on top of that, be as equally disgusting as me as I am to them. That is what that means when people are like, be the change you want to see in the world. Also, I am being the change I want to see in the world. And it doesn't... It doesn't mean I don't resent having to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very happy to do it now in the sense that, like, yeah, this is my life now. But when I was younger, I was like, I shouldn't have to. That, like, everyone else, their porn is on the internet. They can just look it up for free, and that's it. Meanwhile, here I am. Right. You bring up an interesting point of a lot of niche porn. So sorry. A lot of niche porn is behind a paywall, which yeah. is totally fine. Like, I am not... Right, because creators are making it. I'm not discriminating people. Yeah, creators are making it, and they should be paid for the work they Absolutely. do. But what's happening is, it used to be just so easy to find really hot porn. But now it seems like everywhere I turn the porn that I want, I need to pay for, totally fair, totally fair to the people making it. But now it's just becoming really hard to find just like, I got I got 30 minutes. I just want to jerk off to some disgusting yeah. type of porn. Yeah. Because then I spend all 30 minutes trying to find it. Yeah. I spend the whole... You know, does that find. make sense? And this is the other thing. It's like, half the time, I'm... It's so exhausting having a fetish that involves, like, a lot of get-up. Because it's just like, I don't have time for an elaborate wank right now. I just... I just want the visual. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like... Right, yeah. And it's just like putting on a diaper. Like sometimes I want to, but I'm like, I got to go somewhere. Like I don't have time for this. So I just want to see it. And and it's very time specific. can't speak. Very time specific because there is another diaper boy in Santa Barbara that I live at. And we do want to hang out with each other. But like I'm one of those people that like I need the day to be planned for it. Like you either need to catch me. If I'm already diapered, I'm down. But I need to already be diapered oh, okay. to be down to do this. Because what I've learned is when I meet up, what I used to do is when there would be type of people that would come through town, we would meet up. But then we spend 
the first six hours wetting ourselves which is fun it's fun it's exciting yeah. but like the really hot stuff happens like once you're all like nice soaked. and soaked and disgusting and i'm oh like God. i don't got time to wait six hours to get nice soaked and disgusting. i want to get off now i don't know this makes me sound like a crazy person <laughs> it makes not a crazy person just some you know sort of very prurient libidinous <laughs> i only morning. have 24 hours in my day and i just want it now done now sell okay we have very very different yeah the idea wetness is just not my vibe which people keep being like yeah but you piss in diapers i'm like it's not wet it's like it's soft yeah it's warm and soft and i can get behind warm and soft do you know what p just p used to be such a turn off and now it's such a turn on that to be honest so is it the p so you do like the p yeah i've come around to the p it used to be like but again, it was like it was like you would wet your diapers, but you would be like, it feels nice, but just don't let me smell it or any I of that. Yes. And I didn't used to wet. It took me a while to start wetting. I just liked the poof, the poofiness oh. and the waddle butt. And then I started wetting and I was like, oh, this makes it kind of balloon and warm and it's cozy and comfy and it's kind of embarrassing. And the act of peeing. And then someone made me snoof their diaper and then they made me smell my pee. And I was like, Ugh, ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh yeah. And then it changed. <laughs> but yeah, like more, you want more what? I want more of those experiences. I want more experiences of people telling me what to do. It's really fun. Also, I've realized that you can really get inside someone's brain and you can really like take something that they don't like and make it something that they're not allowed to come unless that thing's happening. And then it becomes something that they want to happen. And then they really like it. You know what episode remind reminds me of that? Um, the one with oh, what's his name? The the stoners in Seattle that I interviewed, the hyena. Oh, is that is that Bandit? Bandit, yeah, right. Pup Bandit. He has his can he has his cannabis uh group up in I want to say Seattle, and there was a part in that interview I was it was him and his um and his partner, and the partner was like, oh yeah, we're in love because he mentally fucks me every day. <laughs> and in my head i was like god that sounds so hot to be mentally fucked every mentally day mentally fucked are you into hypno you like gooning i'm interested in like the ways in which our kinks cross over because i like i like silliness gooning is a bit like stupid to me but i see the appeal <laughs> like i see the appeal of being like dumb and hypnotized and like kind of stupid so I discovered this yesterday because I was on the couch and I was locked, but like I was high and I was like, I had my wand and I was like sniffing poppers and I was like gooning through my cage and impressive. My partner put on like a spiral video and he was like, get hypnotized. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that, that could be fun and mm -hmm. get into it. Uh, it's very so it's int it's so I it was like at that moment that I was like, wow, there's like a lot of things that like could be part of a kink that you could be like no not in that part yeah 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 i have a i have that a lot with again like diapers is a great example loads of things that i liked and loads of things that i was like ew get away from it abdel used to be a like massive turnoff for me by the way like this completely 180 it became like my second favorite thing from being like absolutely like boner killer no 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 and all those little things that i didn't like because i liked one thing it just kind of slowly spread. Like it slowly became, okay, yeah, that thing I didn't really used to like it, but 
actually, I don't mind it. And then, oh, actually, I see something in it that I like. And then it just, the thing itself became. Isn't that crazy how kinks work that way? Why? It's so crazy. I didn't know that that was like possible. I think that's wild. I have a story I want to say, but it's so bad. Okay, I want to hear it. It's kind of a scat story. I don't know if you want to hear it. I totally do. Tell the story, tell the story. Okay, so you were talking about how ABDL was like you're like not even on the radar of like top five kinks. And then all of a sudden overnight, it like switched immediately. Slowly. It wasn't overnight. It was it was really slow. It was like little aspects that I became like somebody made me call them daddy, like a clown made me call him daddy. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I don't mind that. And then it just sort of snowballed. So like so, it used to be a hard like turn off. Right. Yeah. So here's the origin story of why Newsy Baby loves messing. <laughs> Buckle up, kiddos. <laughs> Buckle up, kiddos. If you thought I was disgusting before, here you go. So The um, real newsy. <laughs> the real newsy. So like with all gay sex, right? It's in the butt, and the butt is where you poop. <laughs> and I grew up in a very religious upbringing, right? Like there wasn't any knowledge of gay sex at all. So I didn't even know what douching was until I got to college. And I didn't even own a douche until like three years into my relationship with my current partner. Uh-huh. And you're thinking like, how does that even work? No, no, no. We'll get, we'll get there. So my first couple times bottoming, I, it, it, was, it was not sparkly. I'll put it that. It was not sparkly. And I was so ashamed from it. And I like, that's why I hated bottoming. When I first started hooking up as a as as a kid in college, I hated hooking. I hated bottoming because I was so fearful of it not being. I hate using the word clean because I think that's such a dirty flip word. But anyway, you get my point. It was just it was messy down there. Anytime someone would do me, so I just stopped bottoming altogether. I was like, no, it's not. I, I, if douching is what's required to bottom, then I don't want to do it. Because I was just, because one, I didn't know how to douche. No one taught me how to do it. And I also went to a, like a Lutheran school. Uh, I have so many, th- I, like, yes. Yeah, okay, finish. Okay, yes, so yes. anyway, keep going, keep going, keep so going. I had such a fear reaction to bottoming. And then when I, mm-hmm. when Max and I got together, um, you know, he kind of just lived through it. Right. So like sure. anytime we did it, it was just, he just kind of knew like, all right, like, here you go. And he never shamed me for it. Like he never came to me and was like, threw a douche at my face and was like, douche. <laughs> You know, he just, he was just very like loving and caring and he was just kind of yeah. like, you know, like, you know, you, you want to go take a shower before we do it. But a lot of our sex in the beginning of our relationship was like super spontaneous. That's So there was never really. Yes, dude, I'm so with you. Like, uh, if, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. anyway, so, so a lot of my experiences, bottoming and gay sex in general, kind of like with ABDL, right? Like with me being a kid and holding my piss, there's that childhood piss connection. Yep. Same thing with messing. There's that connection of I had such a fear reaction to bottoming in gay sex because of mess because of scat mm-hmm. that I always avoided it. And there's such a fear of doing it until I found diapers. And then I tried to put like, you know, a plug, right? Like that's the thing you mm-hmm. do. You lock up and you would put a plug. And I would notice the plug plug would be messy. And I was like, oh, that's kind of that's annoying. But the more I did it, I was like, it was kind of fun. Okay, cool. And then that kind of turned into, I would push the plug out into the diaper and messy. And then it kind of turned into just messing in a diaper. And then it kind of turned into like exploring 
what does this mean? And then it kind of was like, I would put oatmeal in the back to get like the full effect. And then mm-hmm. I kind of learned like, oh, if I just stock up on fiber, I could have the same effect, right? So it kind of like grew piece by piece by piece to now, whether people like it or not, Mexing is actually a very big turn on to me. And I want to say, I haven't talked to my therapist about it because I feel like this would just cross the line <laughs> totally. But I would... Uh, d- hard disagree. They're trained. They're trained. <laughs> but but I've always been curious of like, is that why messing is such a hot turn on for me now? Is it because it had that such huge fear reaction when I was younger to now it's kind of like this like reclaiming it part yeah. of my life kind of thing? Hey, fear and kink are like closely related. I think I was afraid of clowns when I was a kid and that like is how that happened. So I I think that's that totally holds. And a lot of people talk about kink as a trauma response, which I think is unfair because it isn't always. But I think there's definitely something to like trying to work through something in a safe way. You're like this thing that freaked me out or made me uncomfortable or made me embarrassed. Let me act it out in this way that's safe and get through it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, Call me disgusting. Filthy pig. But shit fuck filthy pig. Shit fucking videos. A lot of people will say, like, oh, that's like super disgusting and stuff. You were talking about like reclaiming. Yeah. All the shit fucking videos that I watch are kind of me reclaiming, like, no, I don't have to be I don't have to be disgusted that I wasn't clean all the time. Right. Totally. Totally. Okay. The way that this like has crossed over for me, my cause I recently posted something um, asking like men who have sex with men, like what, what didn't you know, like kind of going into it? um, Because I kind of knew nothing. And I feel like I know very little about the culture around it still, because I've never really immersed myself specifically in like, the gay aspects of queer culture. And I, so I've been bottoming since I was like 15. (laughs) And, but like, I've never prepared for sex before bottom. Like, I didn't know that was something people did. Good for you. I hadn't even heard of douching until like last year. So proud. Like, I, I was so completely unaware. Like, you were just always ready. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never encountered poop, I will say. But I'm not exactly looking at the condom afterwards. You know what I mean? So maybe there was a little bit. But like, I would shower and I would try and like, be clean because yeah. I like I, I, people have rimmed me before and I'm always a bit like oh, are you sure like okay but I I don't think I've ever had anal that was planned I mean like how do you time that so like now I've done it a few times and yeah like <clears throat> I don't know we're all built differently so like I think you know maybe I'm lucky for me it would run clear like almost immediately and I'm like okay cool but I think sex should always be spontaneous so like this whole world of people being like really funny about it because you never know what your mind or your body is going to be like in the mood for so in the moment i mean you can't plan these things right like that just creates you know expectations and like you know motions to go through and that takes all the fun out of it so you know like like we've been saying i mean like everything fun that i've ever tried was you know something that i felt comfortable trying in the moment and then Mm -hmm. you know became a thing so I probably would have psyched myself out of doing a lot of things if it had been like a whole plan and I was thinking about it and worrying about it beforehand. So, and okay, like just to caveat that, like, yes, discuss limits and boundaries and fears and desires and intentions, you know, ad nauseum, but don't put expectations on what does or doesn't have to happen. And I think the same thing goes for like cleaning yourself out. I mean, like 
I I guess also as part of sex education, we aren't taught these things. And I think maybe that's, you know, something that should be kind of brought up, but like, right. I'm just, yeah, I've never, I've never done that. Okay. You want to talk anal? We can talk anal. Cause I have so many other things like this. Like I never used to use lube, man. What? Yeah. Okay. Like didn't even, cause again, what you must be, you must be very popular in school. you you were always ready and you never had to use lube. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really condoms have a bit of lube, I guess, but like, I don't like, you know, wet gooey sticky stuff. So I was like, eh, whatever. And it wasn't until I was a bit older that I was like, oh, that really helps. That actually, that really helps. But yeah, it just like didn't bother me at all. Like wasn't. Yeah. Mo- I have friends who it's super painful for. Most of my sex education was in the hands of strangers. Like, yeah. And I think right? that's why I had such a fear response because I remember the first time going to some older guy's house when I was in college in bottoming for the first time and him being like, you shit on my dick. And I'd be like, Jesus. Did he really say that? Oh, yeah. I totally remember. That's why I have the fear responses because I totally remember. What a piece of shit. Know, <laughs> going over to like, well. Sorry. Sorry. The pun. That, that's how, that was the only way for me to have fun is... when I was younger was in the hands of strangers. Fucking hell. And so that, looking back, that formulated a lot of things mm. in my head. It formulated, you know, how you put on a face when you go hook up and how you, you know, it's easier to make connections with strangers than it is like an actual person. Cause you can just turn it off once you leave, mm. you know? Mm. And so, yeah, that, that's why like for the longest time I was just so scared to douche. Cause I was like, this is a whole process. Like, what does this mean? But isn't it so fun? I mean, like, again, it's not a big deal. It's something to know about and it's something to discuss beforehand, I guess. I mean, again, I don't know how the timing of that works because I don't know how you would prepare in advance enough to do whatever. But like, or or doing it preemptively just in the hope and then being like, oh, I like that sounds like it would be super disappointing. Anyway. Um, I will say on the, on like, because now I have two stances on it, right? Like spontaneous sex is always fun. And now that I'm kind of like living in my, if I'm messy, sure. even hotter. Yeah. <laughs> to me, to me, just to me. But now I'm kind of like, douching can be its own form of foreplay, at least for me. Yeah. Like there, I have, we, we have this neighbor down the street that he'll come over and smoke and usually it'll end up with him just railing me. Mm-hmm. And there's like a form of foreplay of like, oh, you know, he's going to be over in two hours. Like I'll start douching, right? Like it, it like mm. starts it yeah so now like slowly learning like douching can be a form of like foreplay at least for me i don't know if it is for right. other people other may- people make it sound a whole like a whole day affair i'm like i'm yeah honestly i don't have the time for that like a 30 minute affair for me i don't have time well, like that. make add shame to it and they're like oh if i didn't do it i'd feel disgusting and it's like no dude i mean like t- talk about what you both prefer beforehand and just like agree how you want to do things but like don't make each other feel bad. I can't believe that guy made you feel... That's so fucked up. Also, yeah. I guess, on the whole, isn't it fucked up that queer youth have to basically trust that the person that they're with is a stable person who can safely educate you because we're not fucking taught any of these things properly. But I don't know. and that's, that's what I secretly... Lo- I've recently discovered I've basically been doing this podcast ever since I've lived here in Santa Barbara because... 
there are so many, you know, because the the school, the university is just mm-hmm. down the street from where yeah. I live. And I'll, I write kinky in my grinder profile. I write kinky on like all my other profiles. And I'll have college students reach out to me and they're like, I've always tried, wanted to try chastity. And I'll bring them over and I let them try it. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I've never tried this before. You're right. The Like, it's so sad that the yep. only way yep. most queer people get to learn about sex education yeah. is through the hands of strangers or friends if they're lucky. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So sad. So sad and so dangerous. And like, yeah, fucking sucks. Ugh. Um, end of episode. No, end of episode. Ep- <laughs> fucking sucks. <laughs> Cut to black. No, I, um, I just fucking forgot what, um, what I wanted to say. Shit, shit, shit. You made a really good point, and I just wanted to add to it. Um, it wasn't actually about shit, was it? <laughs> no, it was... Um, uh, oh, do you like vanilla sex? Is Do I like vanilla sex? Uh, you know what? That's such a strange term to me now, vanilla sex, because in my head, I'm like, when you really think about it, kink could be anything. Kink yeah. could literally be anything and yeah, it's also literally. how you frame the scene and yeah. when i say scene scene could literally just be sex so if we if we mm-hmm. frame the term vanilla sex do i enjoy vanilla sex do i enjoy okay i guess a penis in my ass yeah i guess i guess i just meant like anal actually it's gotten to the point where i need this makes me sound so needy <laughs> i need a whole i need a whole like <laughs> i need a hole. <laughs> No, it's like so. Like for me, like hook, like random, random grinder hookup sex. Hmm. I guess in in some ways that's that's a version of my vanilla sex, right? Like going over to a, like a guy's house, sucking him off, and then him doing me. Yeah, that's pretty vanilla. But yeah. in my head, what is happening is I've already set up like a whole scene in my head. Like in my head, I'm like going over to this guy's house. He's just finished working out. Like I try to like figure. It's my little journalistic way of like, I'll ask him questions like, did you just like come from the gym? And he's like, yeah, I just came from the gym. I was like, yeah, you want to fuck me with that? Like that sweaty cock. And and he's like, yeah. So like I pull these details out Uh of my hookups to then generate like a bit. Okay. The reason I was asking is because I, for all of my, uh, like, like I just, I could always take or leave it. I don't care about anal. It's just not the most exciting thing in the world. And I get that I'm not very sensation-based and a lot of people are. So, you know, for me, it's all the scenario. It's all the vibe. It's all the person. It's all the whatever. But like, and that like back and forth interaction. But like, yeah, I just don't ever care about having like anal with no bells and whistles ever again. And I, I say I've been bottoming since I was young. And it's like, I thought that I had to do that. I thought that to prove that I was like a sexually viable person I had to have relationships and I had to sexually perform all these boring vanilla things that were just boring to me. Like just couldn't care less, like honestly couldn't care less. And I would have to make up an entire scenario in my head just to get through it because it was so boring. And now that I'm like, why? I don't have to do that anymore. I just, I'm like, fucking, why would I ever do that again? But I'm interested in like, without all the bells and whistles you still just enjoy the feeling of it even if it's just there's a bit of a narrative to it but it's more like the actual act 
Yeah, but I'm very in my head, Mm -hmm. like, during sex. But I've learned to – I used to be so self-conscious of being in my head during Mm -hmm. sex. Like, because I'd always be thinking about, like, am I clean? Am I not clean? Oh, right. Okay. Am I arching my back? Am I moaning enough? Right? Like, like I used to horrible, like, in my head the whole time. But then I've slowly learned, like, you know, use that to my advantage. You know, I'm a really big storyteller. Like, I love telling Mm -hmm. stories. That's what I do for a living. That's what I do on podcasting. I just love stories. And so I've learned, like, okay, if I want to have sex and not be in my head, I need to, I need, I need the elements of, to have good sex, right? Mm. Like that's, that's why during my hookups, I'll ask like, just to get some sort of detail, like not make it so you want to come fuck me. Great. <laughs> right. Like, like build it up a bit. Like, you yeah. know, to just come from the gym or like, or like my favorite way of like doing it. And they don't even know that I'm creating a scene is like, I'll usually be like, are you stoned right now? And I'm like, and they'll most, there's a lot of stoners in Santa Barbara. They usually say yes, and I'm like, okay, perfect. Now we're like two stoner bros. We're coming over. I'm going to pull out my cock. He's going to pull out his cock. We're going to like take a hit. Like, you don't understand. Like, I love just storing it up. They don't even have to be aware of doing it. Are you verbal in that? Because I'm oh, all God, about the I'm story. so verbal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have to be. I can't I'm stand. A verbal sex person. See, I can't stand silence, but I also cannot stand like uh seriousness so i'm verbal but it's like any any person who's taking themselves yeah i don't want to be too serious i love verbal but there's something sexy about quietness like okay give here's another example recently quietness okay um sorry i'm just picking my nose i didn't have to admit that nobody can see me pick my nose. (laughs) no but like that's so funny quietness example yeah you're standing i'm standing in line at the club okay this guy's like this guy's like i fucking me i'm i fucking him back uh-huh. I go into the bathroom. I go into the I go into like the stall. I look at him. I turn my head. He comes into the stall with me. Wait, is this real? Yeah, this is real. This is okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought we it was... do our th- yeah. We do our we do our thing, you know, I suck him off, he does me in the okay. bathroom and all that. No talking at all. Oh. So quiet can also be hot. Right? Like you're trying like it go like it goes back to that like that time in your life where you're like you needed to jerk off in complete silence because like your mom couldn't hear in the other room. Oh, um, okay. No, you've never done that? Um, <laughs> I, I just, I come at it from such a different, because I'm like all, I'm all cerebral. So I only get off to the scenario and I'm only attracted to people's personalities when we vibe. So like the silence, I'm, I'm not interested. I don't know if I find you sexy until we talk. Do you know what I mean? You've never like been at a club and you like look at someone and you're like, we are going to do it. No. No? Wow. I am a whore. No. Well, because like I'm, I have zero interest in someone's physical presence. So like, you know, like big bellies can be fun, like a huge beard or like a twirly mustache or whatever. But like, I don't care. Like, it's not why I'm into you. And that's why I'm so verbal. Because I'm like, I need, there needs to be a rapport. Like, if you don't make me laugh. I'm I'm not interested in having sex with you. And if I'm also not going to like hang out with you, I'm not interested in having sex with you. So that's the thing. I've never had like a one night stand. Everyone I've ever fucked, like we've at least fucked, you know, more than once. Because well, to me, I... part of sex is also like, well, we're going to go to the movies and we're going to have food and we're going to have a laugh and like whatever. Cause that's what I like. Again, about you. this is why I need therapy because I would love to have that experience. But my go-to is just randoms. 
But, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, we all have sex in different ways and we all, like, get different things out of them. That's true. But, like, okay, the one thing that I really fucking cannot stand is people who play music. People who play music while they're having sex are operating at a level of psychopathy that I think is, like, that would make, you know, Norman Bates fucking bone down, okay? I don't care if you like Beyonce enough to not mind imagining that she's in the room while you fuck. Like... Your techno mix isn't impressive. It's more Scooter than Massive Attack. Okay, get away from me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, everyone thinks they're Moby. <laughs> Great. What I've learned coming to the big top is that I'm a whore. I had a horrible childhood growing up and that I'm a complete psycho for wanting to play music while I have sex. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> how much should I bill you? How much, how much are you going to bill me? Oh, I'll invoice you session? later. Don't worry about okay, it. Great. Thank you. You don't like music having while you're having sex? No, I cannot stand music. It sounds oh like someone God. else is in the room. No. Okay, I have another sex story because now this is just turning into newsy telling us that when I oh was God. in San Francisco. Yes, do it. When I was in San Francisco and I was living with like six other guys, I like really like that's another reason why douching I always hated because I've usually always had roommates. And how do you douche when you have roommates? Like it's so obvious what you're doing. Flushing every three seconds. Oh, God, I never even thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Try douching when you live with other people. It doesn't... Someone's going to have some... Good... I guess in the shower, but then you have to take it into the shower and people will probably right, see and then you're just wasting water. And if, you're, if your parents were anything like my dad, they'd always like have a timer outside the bathroom. Be like, you've been in there for two minutes. What are you doing? Two minutes? Oh, yeah. He's, he was like a huge stickler on water. But anyway, that's not the story. Two we're minutes? Talking about, we're talking about <laughs> music during... You sex. can't shower in two minutes? Yeah, you can. So... You cannot clean your entire body in two minutes. When you, when I was in San Francisco and I, and I hooked up with this guy and he had the biggest, biggest dick, biggest dick ever okay. seen. Dick. Uh-huh. And he's messaged me. He's messaged me. He's like, he's like, I want to, I just want to plow you till the cows come home. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't have a douche. And he's like, I got you. Come over. We'll smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you can use my douche in the bathroom and then I'll do you. And I was like, marry me. So I go over, I douche in the bathroom, I put on his robe, we're smoking, we're having a good time, he's playing music. Oh, he got the robe. Like, oh yeah, we were both in robes, it was so mm, hot, and it was, in, fun. it was like sunset, oh god, so hot. And so he's like, do you mind if I play music? And I used to be your way, I used to be uh-huh. like, why do you want to put on music, like yeah. isn't the sex hot? But he, but I, don't, I was so turned on by him, uh-huh. then I was like, alright, yeah, play some music. Look this song up. I'm not going to play it because I think you'll be charged for it. Yep. But it's called Horny. I need to get the exact word. I'm going to look on Spotify right now. Okay, yeah, do it. Horny by... It's either Mouse Tea or Musso Tea. Hot and, hot and juicy. How are you spelling this? M-O-U-S-S-E space T. Moose. Okay, I have it. Wait, I'm going to listen to it live just so that I can get on your level. I just want to feel this vibe. Ah, uh, shut up, ads. Go away. He put, I'm honey, I'm honey, honey, honey. He put that song on. That's the song you're talking about. Are you serious? Imagine that song playing. <laughs> that woman like, warbling in the background. Sounds like she's in the room. No, okay, wait, here, hold on. So imagine this big, big muscle, beefy black dude with like a 10-inch dick, thick, coming towards me, playing this song. There's candles playing. We're both stoned. He lays me down and rails me to this song. I listen, this song 
is on my sex playlist all the time. I need you to disclose what else is on this sex playlist because I am um, reserving my judgment. This song, literally this song has opened my mind up to (laughs) disco house music. Like literally. Oh, that's cool. When I went to EDC, if you've ever been to EDC or like, if you've ever been to EDC, uh-huh. they usually advertise the main stages where all like the he- major headliners are. Where was I? Not at the main stages. I was in the disco house. Listen to this. That's this fucking... song came on. I was like, honey. <laughs> honey, I'm horny, horny, horny tonight. <laughs> and ever since ever since that one experience, wow. I've always, if I'm really feeling it, I'll put on like a little sex playlist. That is wild. I mean, again, totally understand the like one person makes it hot. Now, okay, I must, I, I need to disclose, like I'm not putting on music for like random strangers, but like, you know, my neighbor that I hook up with, like I smoke mm-hmm. and hook up with, like I'll put on music for him. Sure. Max and I like hook up, I'll put on music for him. It's not for everyone. It's usually just like that, like little bit of extra. See, that's the other thing. I think for me, it's so important to have the rapport that and and I can only do one thing at once. So any distraction is like, eh, you're distracting me from the fun. And if it's not like something silly, like if it's not circus music, I'm like, well, this is no, too serious. Do you I know don't what want I'm top forty. I want like I want like house, like like kind of like what that song was. What like it's it's literally just like the same thing over and over again, over again. Right, 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 just just repetitive. Like lyrics aren't gonna distract you. Okay, right. do you know what? Actually, I had a vanilla boyfriend who. Oh God, you've just recovered memory. He played Beyonce and I had to shut that shit down like immediately. He thought it was sexy. This guy had a lot of issues. He was Christian and he wouldn't come. It was a whole thing. Anyway. Music as a, I'm so glad we transitioned from like scat to now music. Um, (laughs) Music as a foreplay is kind of hot a little bit. What, like dancing? Yeah. Like there Mm -hmm. was one time where we were cooking dinner and, and Beyonce came on. And I was just like feeling my backup backup dancer <laughs> fantasy, and it was break hot. out we into some light choreo. Yeah, and then we did it in the in the kitchen. Like, That's fun. I, like you, you know, maybe I really just am a whore. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, music can be fun in like that kind of sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, see, I love. Actually, do you know what it is? I love social. I'm not like a, a club person, but I love. If you've ever done kind of like social dance stuff, if you've ever been to like a Kaylee or a barn dance or like swing dancing or anything like that, that's like super fun. I only understood one word that you said swing dancing. And I don't think like I've done swing dancing. I don't think I've ever like done swing dancing and been like, hey, you want to go do me in the back room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I totally divorced it from sex because in my oh, okay. mind, I was like, that is a fun thing to do. But yeah, I although that said swing dancing i'm more into that aesthetic dressing up you know at capcom they're gonna do a they're gonna do like a bottles and cab you can you can dress up in your in your swing dancing gear but this is the thing i i was a bit like i don't think i'll go to that first of all because that's another outfit i need to bring which is like (laughs) i don't have any space left in this one suitcase that i'm allowed to bring with me like so much already but mm. I'm there for the little time. Like I can, I can go to the ballroom dancing any any time. I can't go to 
the playpen where all the kiddos are running around shooting each other with Nerf guns and pissing themselves. Like, that's the party that I'm here for. That's the party that I'm dressing up as a clown for. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the party that, like, we're bringing all the rubber gear for and, you know, all the diapers. So I was a bit like, oh, I'd love to do that. But I would feel like I would want to spend the evening being social and dressing up nice and having fun. And I'd rather do the other thing. So I don't think I'll actually go down to that. It's kind of a shame because it does sound kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. I'm not making any rules for myself. I literally told myself, I want to do two things at Capcom. I've only made two rules to myself. One, I'm going to mm-hmm. show up. Well, that, <laughs> that's pretty good. Show up and, and have fun. And then show up and, well, I don't know. That's not up to me. Yes, it is. No, I'm joking. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. You make your um, own. <laughs> no, show up and just be open to like all possibilities. But mm. I also really want to challenge myself to not hold my phone the whole time. I know that sounds petrifying. A little bit. What do you mean? But like, I don't. Well, so during during that interview, um, Alexi was saying that she knew someone that challenged themselves to not have their phone, right? Because you can't take yes. pictures at the event. So yeah, yeah. basically, if you have a phone on you, it's just to communicate with other people. Mm-hmm. And so the person they that Alexi was talking about kind of just didn't have a phone at Capcom. And they mm. said that it was more retreat-like. And I was like, that's kind of fun. I want to yeah. have like a retreat like experience. But then I feel like I'm going to have so much FOMO that I'm going to be like, well, what's everyone else doing? Oh, what to like, see, this is the thing. I don't know, like people who are going and I don't have like Telegram or anything like that. Like I have Twitter because I like have to have Twitter. So see, that's why we need to do this newsy Nook big top collaboration where we just go to every room. Oh, that way yes. we don't feel FOMO at all. We're just every- everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere doing everything all at once. I'm down. I'm down for doing that. I'm going to bring my little my little recorder. <laughs> well, see, I was kind of thinking of doing that anyway, because if you can't take pictures, then it's kind of fun to just leave the phone. and Because that's the same at this other event that I forgot, which I find a bit annoying because it's such a cool place. And I wish there were more photo opportunities. But I know Capcom has loads of photo opportunities. So I'm not, I'm not, too, I'm not too fussed about the phone. And we'll just go to every room. We'll find we'll find the cool stuff. We'll find the party. Yeah, we'll find you. Don't call us. We'll find you. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Yeah, actually really don't don't call me. I will come if I want to. I'll come if I'm feeling it. If I'm feeling it. Do you know I don't even know where I'm staying. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Isn't that thrilling? I could be right, staying last, with someone different every night. Last that last thing that I'll say on this podcast. I think it's so funny and I I I needed to say it in my podcast with Alexi that we had plans of rooming with each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then I buy my ticket totally thinking like on the other side of the world, he is doing the exact same thing and get in the room. <laughs> Come to find out a couple hours later that you didn't. And not only were you fucked that way, but you also didn't get a room at all. <laughs> I was so fucking pissed off about it. I was like, I waited until the second it came online. Refresh. All gone. I know. And what's sad is I had an opportunity to get a room and Max was near me and he's like, are you not going to get a room? And I was like, no, wait, what? Yeah, I had it. I know that literally when when I was ready to buy my ticket, I had access to buy a room. But in my head, that's why. Oh, you thought we were both going to get one. In my head, I thought you were getting the room and I was just getting my ticket. Oh, no. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) 
so, so that because I remember because Max was even like, "Aren't you gonna buy a room to go to this event?" And I was like, "Nah, Barney's got it." What? No, I was like, "I hope I can get one." In my head, I was like, "Nah, he's totally got it." So that's oh why I didn't God, get a room. No, so I was I like, just, "Well, I'm hoping Newsy's got one because I don't fucking have one." And then so I was like trying to see like who I could bunk with, and yeah, I still. I'm not sure. Like some people have offered, but they haven't confirmed. And they're like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, like, I'm not sure how many people are blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, okay, but like, it's soon guys. Like it's soon. And for them, they're not very far away. Like a lot of them are driving and I'm like, oh, fine. You're being more casual about this. I'm coming across the world. (laughs) Right. I'm coming across the world. No, no. That's why I thought it was important to bring up during my conversation with Alexi. Like this room thing just seems very complicated and needs like a special yes. hand on it because one there's such i'm pretty sure we're not alone being like two two kink friends that know each other online never in person and had different <laughs> different expectations of what was happening i bet we're not alone i no, we no, can't no. be the only we people can't be the only idiots to yeah then yeah. on top of that you know it's kind of like edc right you buy these tickets months in advance you don't know what your life is going to look like Totally. Three months down the road. So I bet there's a lot of like, oh, I can't be in your room anymore. Yeah. And then in my process of finding someone to room with, when I found out we couldn't, there was like two guys that were like, oh, yeah, let's room together. And I was like, okay, great. The next time you the rooms open up, let me know how much I owe you. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, they'd be like, oh, no, I found someone to room with. Mm. So like – so I it's also... just it's just a lot, and I get it that there's roommate there's like a roommate forum on FetLife that you can attach to, but then you're, then you're going through in your head. Oh, I didn't even know that. No, okay, yeah, there is a there is a roommate forum. Yeah, there's been but... really not a lot of like info. Like I missed a lot of stuff just because I like missed the email or like didn't know how else like didn't know how else to like find out stuff. Yeah, like I didn't even know when the tickets were coming online, and I, the other thing was. I heard that like priority for rooms was given to certain people and I'm not sure I'm, I can't remember who that went to, but I think it was like, if you're a vendor or if you were, or if you've been before, or if you had, uh, I can't remember what it was, but somebody was saying like host rooms were reserved for certain people and then they were kind of given out. And I'm kind of thinking, all I know is that I want to say volunteers rooms were sectioned off for them yeah. in advance i know that i know that at least for sure and i want to say vendors vendors are can't be given right, an opportunity still... right i think they're given yeah. like an opportunity for must have just been it... volunteers yeah but then anyway. even still i i was like i wish there was something where i could have said like i really need a room because i'm like coming across right there should like it almost seems like now going through this experience there should be a button on there that says i don't know like i would like to be in the host hotel right like you don't know what the plan is but like maybe it's like like at disneyland single rider line there should be a button that's like could you just put me in a room or say i need please put me in a room and then maybe like a month before it happens capcom just kind of just i don't know like I want to say they would never do this because I feel like you, they have to be sensitive about like, you know, do do people who identify as male want to also room with people who identify, right? Like there's mm-hmm. that aspect to it. So I feel like they can't just randomly put you into rooms and they right, also right, can't right. randomly put people who identify as male and people who identify as female separate them. 
So I feel like they can't do that either, but there, it feels like there should be a button in a process that's like, I don't know what my ho- housing situation is, but could you figure it out? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Me? I, I mean, I'm going to dust off the old FetLife profile and, and check that out because it's still a bit up in the air and I know someone has an Airbnb, but it's a little bit further away and somebody's got a hotel room across the street, but again, I'd rather be in the host hotel. So eh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that wasn't the smoothest, easiest thing. But I'm excited. Isn't it crazy that that's going to be the first time we meet in person? It's insane. And now and now we know even more about each other than we did before. Now we know too much. Now we know too much. Now I'm going to avoid you at all. <laughs> well, I'll smell you coming, so like... <laughs> Damn. All right, read me to Phil. I've basically invited you on here to systematically, emotionally batter you and and, and really just... Prep you for the week ahead. All right, I'll write you a check when I see you. <laughs> Just bill your next therapy session to me. Right. <laughs> Do you want to meet this week? No, I already I already saw another therapist. I think I'm good. Or just all the counseling that you need after after uh, being right. If anything, I need more counseling after this after this being being in the big. Yeah, job. yeah. Just invoice me. Just invoice me for it. I'll pay for the therapy. I mean, I knew it was a big top, but I didn't know I was going to be emotionally railed the way I was just now. <laughs> well, you're welcome. That's what we're all about here. Destroying lives and mental health. <laughs> um, Perfect. I always just like to end on a positive, and I forgot to ask you to prepare one. Do you have one? <laughs> me? End on a positive with me? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I always like to end on just, like, a yay moment, and I always ask people to, like, prepare one, and I totally forgot to ask you. A yay moment for me recently. I would have to say, this sounds a little braggish, though. Brag, you're allowed. But um, one a New Year's resolution for me this year. It was actually my New Year's resolution last year, but it didn't go anywhere. But this year, I was like, it's gonna work. Um, it is only February. Is <laughs> I want I want to start having more paid advertisements um, in oh, yeah. on Newsies Nook. There's so many ABDL businesses out in the community. And I'd love to just give them another platform to spread their spread their love, their seed, whatever they whatever they're offering. And and so um, and so my first advertisement was in the last episode with Hypno Daddy J. Mm -hmm. So Hypno Daddy J came to me in January and was like, hey, I'm ready to like do a paid sponsorship with you. And I was like, oh, that's like my New Year's resolution is coming true. And then as soon as as soon as I said yes to him, I've already had three two other businesses reach out. That's so fucking awesome. And we're in talks and we're in talks of doing that too. Oh my god, yay. Well done. So that so it kind of feels kind of cool to to finally do it. And so not to plug my own podcast on you. Please your, do. But if you if you are looking for for paid advertisements, you know, both Newsy Nook and Big Top are under the same playtime umbrella and so we can make that work. I mean, you know, I think it's so cool seeing all these fetish businesses like popping up here and there and they're doing the thing and they're selling the things. And I don't know. I just kind of like want to be a part of that journey for them, with them, on them, in them, wherever it is. Okay. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That's great. Um, Yeah. Okay. So my, I, 
I have a yay. And uh, my yay today is an artist who goes by Boomer, Boomer SM. He is a guy who does, you've probably seen, like he does a lot of diaper fetish stuff. He does a lot of like tentacle porn and a lot of rubber stuff and things like that. He's got like a really cool style and he's like an awesome artist who's really friendly, has a great sense of humor. Um, and he's got a really like sick, twisted uh, sense of kink, which I fucking love. And mm-hmm. I was just, um, I recently got a commission from him where he like combined all my kinks into one. It's like a balloon bondage clown dog diaper pissing humiliation thing. And it's fucking brilliant. So that was just on my brain. So that's my yay for today. Um, Anyway, Newsy Baby, thank you so much for coming to The Big Top. This is my fucking, uh, I guess it's going to be two parts now. Season premiere. (laughs) Season two, baby, because I'm too lazy to just do it continuously like you do. Thank you so much for coming. Where can people find you online? They can find me at Newsy Baby everywhere. <laughs> Newsy Baby on Twitter, Newsy Baby on Instagram, I'm Newsy Baby on Telegram, Newsy Baby on FetLife, but I mostly just use Twitter and Instagram. But if you're on my Twitter, you're going to see my other sick and twisted interests. Fuck yeah. And obviously go and check out Newsy's Nook uh, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, you can find me on Twitter at T Stota. And in theory, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore muckle underscore Stota. I'm still trying to work on getting it back because they banned me for no fucking reason. Um, Yeah, dickheads. But yeah, this has been great. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming Thank to my TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you for the therapy session. <laughs> Thank you for allowing yourself to be emotionally battered. Uh, and join me next week as we go under the big top. Bye. guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.